Hi folks, welcome to Follow the Leader, a podcast focused on telling character-driven stories through the use of GMless tabletop games where we can all take the lead. You can find us on Twitter at FTLcast and at FTLcast.com. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FTLcast. Today we're playing Mage Against the Machine by Jordan Palmer. For those of you who are new to the game, here are the basics. In Mage Against the Machine, you take on the role of time-traveling wizards attempting to stop the robot apocalypse. You will travel back to the moments in your lives you have the most connections to in the hopes of finding the events that set in motion the destruction of civilization. But meddling with reality comes at a cost. Each time you use your magic to alter the world, you generate anomalies. Push too hard and the things you care about most may no longer exist in the present. Mage Against the Machine is a game of get out, risking it all, delving into memories and coping with loss. I'm Jade, and you can find me pretty much everywhere on the internet at Rose, and my pronouns are they, them. Playing with me today, we have Sam. Hello, I'm Sam. Uh, you can find me on Twitter sometimes at uh, SAKalo, and you can find me on Tumblr at SassyTail. You can also find my art on my portfolio website, www.samkalo.art, and I use he, him pronouns. We have Zach. Hello, my name is Zachary Fredrickson. You can find me on Twitter at Obfuscating God, and I haven't gone anywhere else yet. Uh, though the music I make can be found at iambugbear.bandcamp.com. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. I'm excited to be here. And making his debut here on Father Leader, we have Corey. Hi, folks. My name is Corey Pangolinen. You can Oops. find me at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Endless Musings. Got to get that straight. Uh, still trying to figure out where else to go, much like Zach. Um, I use he, him pronouns. Our lines, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are homophobia and transphobia, racism, sexism, anti-Semitism, violence against children and animals, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, unwanted pregnancy, plagues and pandemics. Our veils, which are things we're fine with addressing but we'll just fade black on, are steam situations, graphic descriptions of bodily harm and terminal illness. Now that we've got all that out of the way, let's get started. Yes. I'm going to think there's an exception. Hell yeah. a lot of dudes on this episode wow mm -hmm. boys night dude ranch boys night let's go i'm an interloper it's great <laughs> <laughs> i've come to the elusive boys night oh. to see these strange creatures in their native environment i had to restrain the urge to yell boys night because it's i've been thinking boys about magic talk recently thank you uh. What goes on tour stays on tour. Um, <laughs> I'm, now I've just got a bit from a Mighty Boosh episode. We are magic. Uh, we are super magic men. We stay out till 5 a.m. Although we're bound by shame and law, what goes on tour stays on tour. Anyway, incredible. Something a game of Mage Against the Machine is really simple. First, we have to decide how the machine came to power. And I think that means this is our process of where we start creating these events and memories for us. Because that's that. Rather than we just saying how it happened, unless we just say how they how it came how they came to power, and then we start building memories. This is a really short game. It's great. It's very mechanics light. It's a real like neat and tidy system. But I feel like there is definitely some wiggle room on mm. uh, how you interpret the instructions. So, alternatively, yeah. we can leave this question and sort of let it develop as we work on our memories and pivotal events hmm where to start i keep saying machines rather than the machine came to power i blame the wakowskis mm -hmm. fair 
Well, that and James Cameron. Insert Terminator music here. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Exactly. <laughs> Insert a few notes of the Terminator music enough that we don't get... Not enough people listen to this podcast for us to get copyright struck for a poor rendition of the Terminator music. But that could change in the future. (laughs) You're so right, though. (laughs) Uh, But the way it's described in the text is, starting a game of Mage Against the Machine is really simple. First, you have to decide how the machine came to power. Um, And then we just make notes uh, for the next steps, which is all of us writing down memories that are emotionally impactful to that character. So maybe we do need to have a vague idea of how the machine came to power before we start delving into our personal uh, memory. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, well, so the question that I come from, come to immediately, the first thing that, like, is, is this a modern, what is, is what? <laughs> what is the setting that we're in? What was the world like what before are the machine? What does their setting look like? Before yeah, the no, machine, yeah. Yeah, no, that's a valid question. I mean, we could do like a nod to uh, one of our already established universes and it being sort of like a general sort of fantasy setting um, mm-hmm. and then a machine comes to power or we could have like more of an urban fantasy vibe. I mean, the character I'm about to play has a bit more flexibility that way. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Um, oh, yeah, I was going to say, because we, we don't have any... Um, it could be like a contemporary fantasy, because we're all wizards. We all oh. live in this world. But it could be like one with like, you know, modern cities and cars and computers and stuff. And the machine Absolutely. came from that. Like propagating that away, yeah. That's that's kind of what I had in the back of the brain. I mean, that's hilarious given Sam's character. But it is also, very like, funny. We're taking place after the machine came to power, is the thing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like, if you're happy, Cassandra, because you're the one whose character is maybe leaning the most on paper, at least more traditional fantasy. Wizard. I think it would be extremely funny to have my okay. character the way that he is be living in like a modern fan like a like a urban yeah. fantasy type setting like, he, he lives in the born. woods yeah i love this for him okay <laughs> mm-hmm. so we're thinking like it was literally a... you're, you're like you're in like the, like santa fe like two hours out of santa fe in the desert in a tower <laughs> <laughs> yeah right. absolutely so yeah so we're talking about an urban fantasy world where the machine is some kind of maybe a combination of magic and technology we don't know, but mm-hmm. a machine came to power. Mm-hmm. Sick. Yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. So next, um, what we're going to oh, be and doing? Oh, it, cor- it was a corporation, obviously. Obviously, obviously, it's a corporation. No, the bad yeah. guy is Men capitalism. Hit. We did it to oh, ourselves. That guy's always capitalism. <laughs> we are friendly Malkin stands first and the Rob like eight foot second. Listen, so. I was doing it before I knew him. Uh-huh. I was also No, we were all anti capitalism before. It's just how we know that Brennanly Mulligan is a comrade. It turns out mm. it's just a general vibe. You kinda of pick up on it and then you arrive at it. It's our generation, actually. Um mm. who knew? But right, so the next step, uh, let, we might as well sort of vaguely introduce our wizards. This isn't strictly called for in the text, but I mm-hmm. know I find it helpful to have an idea of like least names and like vibes in terms of like look and everything. Um, so if we sort of go down the turn order, uh, introducing our wizards, and then we can start to come up with these um, memories. These are going to be like a core thing as we play the game. So. Uh, my character is uh, Arcadia Sassand, though they go by Arcady. Got uh, sort of light brown skin, lots of freckles, big curly hair, salt and pepper around the edges, though there's a streak of like shock white in there. The, uh, the only things that might tip you off to the fact that they're magical is their sort of like almost electric blue irises. And there is this perpetual scent of ozone around when they're in the vicinity. 
bit of a sort of academic. The way I pitched this to the to the guys before we started was in D and D terms, Arcadia would be a sorcerer, but uh, does the reading, does the homework, can go toe to toe with the book learned types of wizards, um, and makes a point to do so. Uh, but that's them. Nice, Sam. Who's your wizard? I'm playing Balastra the Wise. And he is a crotchety old man who is sometimes a coyote and he lives in a tower. He's a little homeless looking. He wears like very wrinkled stained robes. Uh, he's got like crazy white hair, but like mostly bald. But like, I would say like a much more rumpled version of like Albert Einstein kind of vibes, which is like he looks a little. He looks like he is burdened with knowledge. Important question about this tower. Is it like a brick and mortar tower? Or is this like a commandeered like water tower or so- grain silo kind of vibe? I do love that. <laughs> you know, I hadn't put any thought into it until you asked that question, but I want to say that he lives in a water tower. <laughs> Hell yeah. Mm. Just kind of dug into the chamber. Hell yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, he just kind of broke in. I, I would say like, water tower in like imagine like the beginnings of infrastructure in like a a town that never came to be type Mm. vibes Mm. where like especially because this happens a lot in like the west coast Mm. more frequently than the east coast where it's like there's streets planned out there's a water tower and there's just nobody so no houses there's no buildings love this Wicked. Uh, Zach, tell us about your wizard. So I am, and I wrote an, I wrote a thing. Uh, I am Pelion the Green, Wizard of the Great Hill, Defender of the Rolling Groves and Bearer of the Rod of Roses, known to the bears as Rawr, known to the mice as and known to the birds and beasts of every land as Friend. I am a druidish kind of hippie dude. I got some good old Birkenstocks. I got a long beard that is um, festooned with flowers. Uh, I do wear a, a, like a work smock, uh, and I always got like a little spritzing bottle on my ba- belt and some clippers and a, and, a, and a trowel because you know it's all about the growth. It's all about the it's all about the the green. Life's a project, man. Uh and Corey, tell us about your wizard. Uh I think the discussion that we had slightly before starting. So I've got Delta Capello. I'll start with his looks and then I'll go on to the vibe. So he's got stark black hair, slicked back, pomade situation, light blue eyes, very pale and similarly pale skin. Uh a sharp he's got a sharply tailored white suit. It's wrapped in an open, unbelted black robe that just sort of extends down a little past the knees. Um, and he's also got a belt on, which is inset with colored gems that glint and reflect light. Uh, I should note that after thinking about this a little more, he's also eternally tired. And he is definitely, like, just getting over the hill of middle age. So, um, for what he's like, uh, Vegas Magician was the strongest description, so I'm going to stick with that like a traveling sort, uh, definitely has a show to put on. Um, very much flourishing movements, sleight of hand kind of guy. Always looking out for that grift, the the next way to stay alive. Um, definitely not the most honest person on the face, but, you know, when it comes to it, he can he can put up his fists. Also, so as everyone else mentioned clothes, Arcady's vibe is sort of very... Not, it's sort of like a modern twist on like sort of your classical sort of like Middle Eastern Persian sort of fashions, like loose flowing clothes that are still very practical, um, light mm. jewel tones, but you know, but I also just the visual of being in cold, but just like really solid heavy duty parka with like a big fluffy hood, just for the vibes, um, because that's how I picture them. Uh, so now uh, you know who our wizards are, and we know who our wizards are. What we're going to be doing is uh, creating two memories each that are emotional, emotionally impactful to our characters. Uh, first, you choose a person, a place, or an event you have a deep and emotional connection to. It could be anything. 
um, and then you would choose an emotion uh, that best represents your feelings about it, uh, be they joy, gratitude, hope, pride, or love. And then there'd be two questions that we can expand on to uh, uh, you answer. Why is it? Why is the memory so important to you? And how does this memory affect the way that you live in the present? So the first memory I think I'm going to have for Arcady is when they left home. A very controlling mother. And they sort of took everything they could that they thought was rightfully theirs and just fucking ran away in the middle of the night one year and never looked back. Um, mother was also a powerful um, magic user and Arcady did not care for the way things were being done um, and had very different ideas about magic and what it could be used for. And this is something they definitely look back on with a sense of pride for like having the bravery to step away out from me their mother's control. So that, that's the first one for me. I'll answer the questions about it later. Very fair. Very fair. I I would say for Belastra's first memory is the birth of his granddaughter who is going to be a very powerful wizard in the future. By in the future, I mean is, has, has become a powerful wizard in the present. But the day that she was born, looking into this child's eyes and seeing, you know, the work to be done. I'll also answer the other questions. Yeah. Always time to think. Well, you go, Zach. Uh, okay, so these are, these are just, these are just memories, just memories. They don't necessarily have to be related to the apocalypse. This is just my No, absolutely history. not. These are a thing that you can draw strength from as a person. Cool. Um, yeah, then in that case, uh, the first one, uh, kind of, um, achronologically, um, is like a later one, which is. Uh, Pelion in a place that has been like decimated by the machines, like you know, um, stripped of 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 nutrients to to feed the 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 material needs of the machine. Um, just this blasted landscape, uh, and like two weeks spent retelling the earth and and refreshing it, and you know, seeding it with. Um, with like you know alchemical nutrients that he had brewed, and the first saplings that started mm. to grow, and that was like rebuilding is possible as long as the destruction stops. Okay, I think for Delta, one of his first memories is, or one of the first memories here at least is sort of. Like, you know, Americana, like all of the roadside destinations you could end up at one. Sort of mm -hmm. a, just a greasy spoon kind of diner. Nowhere important to most people, but sort of the first place that he stopped by when he started traveling on the road and setting out for the world. Like, odd hours of night, basically no one there. Um, just him and maybe waitstaff and a short order cook at most. And sort of the privacy of the moment and the intimacy of being the only one there getting a meal with people who just don't know you from Adam and kind of enjoying the solace of it and just the hardiness to these two folks just out in the middle of them that are putting this operation together. I think that gives them a sense of that no matter where someone can be and no matter where someone ends up they are able to make roots somewhere all righty uh memory two for arcady i'm gonna say is a person and uh, specifically um is that they never got married 
There was never sort of the time or the inclination for their partner. If Zach doesn't object, I am just going to steal his character from Fault of Magic and just have sure. that there, sweet. I got the nod. It's happening. Um, put it in <laughs> maybe Arthur in this timeline or this universe. And uh, perhaps unsurprisingly, the emotional core there is love. So. Oh god, it's my turn now, huh? It is. Sorry. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the bearer um, of bad news. Sam, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um, memory two, I will say, is the first time he approached his now home. Um, Ooh. And looking out at this sort of barren wasteland that has been cleared of all of its like natural I want to say that the machine had something to do with the poor urban planning that went into the settlement that never was perhaps mm-hmm. I and love that. looking at looking at the at, at, at this just sort of like town that never was and thinking I can make a home here. This could be my place. Love it. Uh, so what's the emotional core of that, do you think? I would say that the emotional core of this is hope. Nice. All right, Zach, what we got? Uh, for Pelion, another big one was, um, you know, Plants are great. Love plants. Plants don't talk a lot. So when you're out there on the range or on the in the forests or in the the swamps or wherever it is that you're like doing your research, it's a lot of work in silence. And so, then oh well, I'll do. I'll do. I'll make a familiar. And he'd never done it before, but it was you know how hard could it be? He got a he got a he read a, a book about it. Um, and I think. He, you know, he used all the stuff he knew, you know, uh, crystal brain, emerald tongue, um, a little drop of wizard blood, some some ruby dust, and this little white raven chick comes hopping out of the um, of the cauldron, and it, like shakes his little head and like goes, Meow! and it's. Like, you get this look at at Pelion of like tilt shifting the or the, like the 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 different the changing the focal lens is like just the whole his whole fucking mind is blown of like this is the greatest thing that I've ever made. Um, <laughs> absolute immediate teeny tiny creature fills him with so much love and the love of creation and of like continuity and and family good shit good shit hell yeah into it uh, all right Corey. i think the second one for delta and going off of that traveling magician theme would be uh gratitude towards his first audience um now with how he is since his magic is less direct since it's more based on manipulation of light um, I think for him, it's also a little more acceptable to be out and about, sort of loud about what he does, because it's always easy to sort of wave away what you're doing under that sort of veil. So mm-hmm. um, some of the ways that he kept himself propped up on the road would be doing essentially traveling shows. It started off with like a kind of like gymnasiums and like community center kind of situation. So I think probably like small town, like hired for just a basic party in some community center. And that was the first time that he really got to put on his act. And this was a slower, less experienced Delta. Um, someone who's still trying to figure out the snap, the the ropes behind it. And just seeing that people came out to enjoy it and that he was able to bring them some spark of enjoyment to um, sort of helping them mutually get along in life and get him along on the I think that's something that he constantly touches back on 
as like if 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 you build it they will come sort of mentality um mm. if you have something to do and if people are looking for somewhere to go you will find each other that kind of situation um, do we want to loop back and do the answers to why these memories matter, or do we want to move on to the pivotal events? Because we'll be then hooking memories into the pivotal events. So give people a little bit longer to muse on them if they want. And go either way. Uh, let's see. If you feel ready to share the answers, then we can share them, and then we'll move on to the to the events. Yeah, I think I'm ready to answer, but how about the rest of y'all? I'm good. I'm not ready to answer yet. Hold on. That's <laughs> <laughs> so fair. That's so understandable. <laughs> All right, well, I'll share mine, and we can always loop back um, yep. while Sam finishes up his. Uh, so for Arcady, the first memory, uh, which I've sort of clarified down to the night they ran away from home, uh, the memory is so important to them because it was the start of living their own life, uh, escaping their mother and forging a new path. And it uh, affects the way they live in the present because it's sort of like the moment they go back to whenever they feel sort of lost. Like, I've been lost before. Trust your instincts. You've made the right choices in the past. And um, the second memory which again, I've clarified down to uh, the day they and their partner were like, said the L word for the first time. Um, it's an important memory because it was just this feeling of being connected in a way that they never had been before to somebody uh, and how it affects them in the present is sort of like this philosophy of don't cut yourself off from other people. Uh, you are stronger when you let yourself love and be loved. Mm. So that's that. Sam, you feel ready, uh, or do you want me to loop back to you? I, I, I think I can. I think I can do it. I believe in you. Let's go. Thank you. Um, so we're just answering like, why is the memory important to them? Yeah, and... why is it important, and how it affects the way you live now? Okay. Um. With his first memory being, you know, the birth of his granddaughter, it's so important to him because it's like this sort of like that moment was where he realized how much work was there to be done. And he wants he wanted in that moment to protect her from the work that she would have to do if he didn't do the work. Mm -hmm. The work is very vague. This moment. Um, and the way that he lives in the present is that it made him, he, before he wasn't really in his family's lives, he sort of was very much like, I have to protect them from the wizard shit by staying away from them. And now realizing that he has, you know, given the wizard shit to his family by virtue of his blood, he is now, he spends more time, like, visiting in on his various family members and like tries to work with them more doesn't always succeed tries mm -hmm. to be around more uh and with his second memory um that of discovering his home you know it was this moment where he sort of crystallized the idea that like he didn't have to be a wanderer forever but that even as a wanderer, he could have a place to return to rather than just being, just sort of drifting. And so the way it affects the way he lives in the present is that, like, he thinks of his home when he's away and he goes back there with things, kind of his, like, you know, little dragon's hoard of, like, the magical artifacts and the war and the stuff that he finds traveled. Nice. All right, Zach. Uh, yeah, so first one, the first half was grown after the machines destroyed a stretch of f uh, forest. Uh, obviously, you mentioned the core that was hope. Uh, it was important because it teaches him that rebirth is possible if the destruction can end. I think I said that when I said it the first time. Mm. Um, I didn't realize you were waiting. Um, That's all right. But it does, like, you know, drive him to, like, not give up hope. Um, he's like, we can... As long as we're here when it's over, 
we can get back from it. Um, uh, and then creating Wolgen, which love. Um, Wolgen is, is his first and dearest sapient creation. He's like a son to him. This like white six-eyed raven. Um, he's a little he's a little stinker sometimes, but he's he's a good boy. Um, and it's and I think I think the thing that affects him in the way he lives in the present is like he's got now his eye out for like families and and groups like that of like things that need to be protected. Mm-hmm. Obviously, everyone needs to be protected, but like he's got like a specific, like an eye on that now. Yeah. All right, Corey. Okay. Yep. For Delta, I've got them together. So for that. For that old greasy spoon diner, and I think I mentioned it at start too, but it's the idea of resilience that wherever you are, you will find life. People can set down their roots. So for him, as a result of that, like he doesn't really take for granted that he'll end up somewhere, but and that everything can be a gift. Um, for the second one, and we'll get back to the first one. Uh, for the second one. Um, it's regarding the show for him, it was sort of him really starting to get comfortable with his magic and with showing that to others, how to show that to others, how to present it in a fun way um, to see the joy that he could bring to them. And I think I said it on the spot there too, basically just if you have something to say, if you build it, they will come. People can find each other when they're in need of each other, no matter what. So he always lives knowing that as long as he lives like that himself, he will probably find uh, others kindred. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have our memories. What next? What happens next is we have to determine the pivotal events that lead or led to the what is described in the book as the robot apocalypse. Um, and these are small, inconsequential things, or that seem inconsequential in the grand scheme of things. These could be like a package arriving. Or like the day you broke your leg, small things, but they are taking place after humanity has started messing around with like AI. Huh, topical. Uh, But before it's affected every computer on the planet. Um, Mm. Each of us are going to create a starting event, uh, an event where we know something odd happened but don't know why it's important in the grand scheme of things. And then you need to create an ending event, which is an event where you know the end results of what happened, but not what led up to that moment. So uh, we'll come up with these first and then we'll attach each of our memories to one of them. And then we have these eight events between us. We'll then put them in a timeline that makes sense with where we are on our own sort of like ages and and whatever so i think the um and this is a little bit further down in the document i just made a place for us to put both um and then we can rearrange the timeline as we like okay okay i think this is actually going to be the um ending event it's this sort of freak storm. Like, everyone knows about this storm. It was like, it targeted, like, uh, a specific, just a, a chunk of the, the area. And everyone knows, knew when it happened, but it sort of came out of nowhere. Nobody really understands what it was. But I'm going to put um, a freak storm. And... Somebody else come up with either their starting or ending event, and then we'll loop back. I think there's something. Oh, go on, please. Sorry. I was going to say, I think um, an interesting starting event is like a weird email. Mm. Like a weird looking email. It's not quite spam. It's not like dick enlargement pills or whatever. (laughs) It's just like. It's like, it, it's a little bit word salad, you know, everybody knows what chat GPT, you know, created content looks like now where it's, you know, it's somebody who seems to be asking Belastra for help, but like, 
Something is awesome. I dig it. Have you ever thought about the way you are? <laughs> I have. <laughs> so, starting event, a weird email. Mm. All right, Zach, you got one? Oh, uh, boy. Um, let's do a... Uh, this might be a starting event. Um, let's say a like a crowd, not a crowd source. Um, what do you call it? Like it's like a membership drive or something. Like mm. let's get everybody signed up for this new service that our yeah. company is offering. I mean, I think a drive sounds right. I'm just thinking about fucking yeah. maximum fun drive. Yeah. Like, like much fun drive. Yeah, like, I think let's it's get, just let's get as many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure where I should put that. Um, if you grab one of these and just pop it in there. Okay, I think I have an ending one. Okay, so, cool. Sort of in the vein of that freak storm. Uh, not a sinkhole, but the ground cracks open and eats a city essentially. Like just, just say full a, on an earth separation small... buildings in inconsequential event <laughs> okay it eats a house let's go with that okay okay cool mm-hmm. it's it's and the whole seems constructed more to the point mm. all right pretty cool trying to decide what to do for this starting event yeah that's the problem <laughs> my brain's already it's thinking on too big something scale odd but it doesn't register as necessarily important yet so, look at our friend's document from when they played. Oh, that's a good start. Still there. If somebody has their second one figured out, sing out and put it in there and then. So are we supposed to do like a, a starting and ending event for our own mem- um, thing? Or like, are we supposed to mix and match them with each other's? It says... The when you create an event to just pair each event with one of your memories, but I kind of like the idea that we make it a free for all because that's fun. Because yeah, these events okay, are fun. inconsequential, so I like it more if we can each attach our own memories to whatever one of these events makes sense. Yeah. So are these like, like to clarify, are these events happening concurrently with these memories? Like, yes. is the idea that like this memory would allow you to travel back to the time when this this... inconsequential thing happened. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the conceit. Yeah. So, okay, wait, 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 wait. Choose one of each. So we each create a starting event. We each create an ending event and we each pair each of those events with one of your memories. Yeah. Then arrange them into a timeline. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, for this, uh, I'm going to do a starting event of a family wedding. Hmm. Something where you know, so I I don't have to say what the odd thing is that happened. It's just a family wedding. Bless. I got a starting one. Okay. So well, you got- it's like y'all the new Coke thing, right? When that came out and it caused a big stir for flavor. Like, I'm going to say like. Ketchup, right? Just ketchup suddenly starts tasting differently. Gross. Mm. Okay. Okay. Ketchup. As inconsequential a thing as you could say. It absolutely is. You're leaning in. We guess ending. I, I want to say my my ending event is a museum suddenly closes down without mm. any of the people who run the museum understanding why the security systems just lock the whole place down and nobody can get in very cool yeah nice um all right zach take us home what's our final event for this timeline um all the birds within a mile of the uh, server room leave Ooh. tight wild Mm-hmm. All right. So, 
now we uh, start assigning our memories to these events. Everybody gets two. I like, even if it, the game was not designed that way, I like it takes the pressure off. Unless you have one of the events you came up with that you really want to be attached to one of your memories. Uh, have at it, frankly. Hmm. I kind of want to put... So, do we have to have, like, the starting event and ending event be, like, our first memory is the starting event no, and second memory is the ending event? absolutely not. No. Awesome. Not we do all. need to have one starting event and one ending event, though, I think. Yes. Everyone needs one of each. And and were you saying just now that, that we we should pick amongst each other's as well? I think that's interesting and fun, frankly. As long as you awesome. have a starting event and an ending event. But mm -hmm. if, if you came up with one that particularly vibes take mm -hmm. it sing out and say i would really like that one yeah i do think that the pill planting the new saplings in the wake of the freak storm makes sense hell yeah have at it yeah yeah, yeah. nice i'm gonna take the weird email uh and put that in with how far in the future do we want to say that the apocalypse like are we saying like two seconds in the future where it's like if the apocalypse happened now to us all as though the apocalypse hasn't been happening consistently since 2020 yeah i mean we we were living in a contemporary fantasy world uh yeah. and then the robot apocalypse happened so it's in it's in living memory so i would presume they would be like basically super near field yeah yeah um, cool. I'm gonna nab family wedding uh mm -hmm. for my second memory. Just be it's not their wedding, to be clear. Cause I just like how people are emotional at weddings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kinda wanna tie the the house getting eaten to the memory of the Lustrous Tower. I also was gonna do that. Yeah, like hell yeah. I was like, "Oh, the house getting eaten. Maybe that was Belastra's old home before they moved on to the fucking water tower." Hell yeah! So, ending event: house got eaten. Sometimes the world just needs a little snack. Yeah, mm -hmm. sometimes the world just goes. <laughs> All right. Um. So I've got a starting event. I need an ending event. What ending events do we have left? Uh, the server room or the museum? Hmm. I think I might grab the All the Birds one, if nobody objects. Yeah. Jam with that. All right. So you're picking the... Oh, you're grabbing the birds. Okay. Yeah. I like that one more just because I can see how ways to possibly interact with it. Mm-hmm. Fair. I think that leaves me with the museum locking its doors, which I'll tie to the diner now. That makes sense. Like a bunch of people from the diner just happen uh, who turn up at the diner are like employees. Like that's like, I can see how that one. Can't work no more. Yep. Museum broke. Suddenly a full night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh so now we need to put these events on a timeline. We know that or well, the vibe we have is that um, that Pelion is the oldest. Not so Pelion. Um, Belaster is the oldest, mm -hmm. um, but that doesn't necessarily have to like look anything too far in. I might argue that Arcady leaving home is one of the first event, or I should say, the birds flying away from the server is one of the early events. Right. How old do you think I can make Belaster realistically? He's Magic. a wizard. He's a wizard. <laughs> cool, because I really wanted to make him like 400 years old, but was like, does that really fit this game right now? I want to say that like, mm, but email hasn't existed for very long. That meant that meant that you were around in the in the fucking American Revolution. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> Okay, well, in which yeah. case, um, depend your, one of your memories might be sooner than if you want to do the finding your tower sooner. That works. Yeah. 
That I want to say that the tower happened, like the finding the tower thing. House gets eaten by the earth. Uh, so this okay. is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the first thing that happens is the house gets eight, gots eight, even by <laughs> like Sam. Just copy the fucking text from above. We've all got a <laughs> Absolutely to the not. Absolutely um, not. <laughs> I refuse. I think it makes sense that the freak storm um, be the last or the most recent. Yeah. Thing, for sure. Crazy that that a house getting eaten is the first thing. Sinkholes happen, man. Yeah, to say maybe someone thinks it's a sinkhole, you know. But yes, I agree. That is a buck wild starting event. <laughs> but also, if it happened like what eighty years ago at a time when a lot of building was being done, like yeah, shit happens when you're like all oh, these cowboy builders. Yep. Yep. But not in the slightest bad eye. I like this idea now because it th- this makes the water tower that Bellaster lives in probably like made out of wood, mm-hmm. like mm. like a like a mining town that never happened. Yeah, that was definitely what I was thinking. Just like this, okay. Nowheresville pitch. What if the third event in this timeline is ketchup tastes different? Yeah, <laughs> please. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how we can figure this one out. <laughs> I mean, to be clear, you're going to be the one figuring it out because it's going to be your. It's your thing tied to it. I've uh, I've definitely set my own trap. I can't wait to discover how the robot apocalypse caused ketchups to taste weird. <gasps> my guy, you fell into your own trap. A cat. I can't yes. believe I triggered a cat. Hello. It's Zim. I triggered my own trap card. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read carefully enough. <laughs> All right. This cat is now our podcast co-host because he's yeah. sitting in the chair. Podcats. Podcast. <laughs> I, I thought he would get sit on. He would jump off of the chair so I could sit back down. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. now rubbing himself on the, the chair. The cat has replaced Zach. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think for the next event? The membership drive, maybe, or yeah, the weird I email? Think yeah. I would say, yeah, I would say, I would say the membership drive, and then the weird email goes out to the people who got who mm. like were in the drive. Love it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. hell okay, yeah. Okay. All right. I think that we can put the uh, the birds. No, that's fair. It's already up in second. So birds are there. Mm-hmm. Catch up. Membership drive. Weird email. Oh, wedding. Wedding. Yeah. Wedding. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see how this ketchup thing pans out. My God, I've I've really done it, huh? <laughs> I mean, Start my strong. One of the things Corey's that this game says. First arc, first arc. Corey's here, just like I'm gonna do something around ketchup. <laughs> I've given myself an improv prompt that I may I, not come I back mean, it's from. Pre- pretty obvious to me, but <laughs> I mean, I have oh, some that, ideas. That's yeah. great because that means the museum locking everybody out is like our second to last event, which mm-hmm. feels really good. Yeah. That does feel good. All right. So, what so is have... the scale of our of our setting here? Are we all sort of on the west coast here, and sort of, Looks or are we like De- scattered? I was in I was in Denver. Yeah, Denver. You know what? We're wizards. Mm-hmm. Distance is a material. It's yeah. true. It's very true. Listen, it's very true. my my Jeep Wrangler can get anywhere. <laughs> it's, all, it's all terrain. Okay, it's not a Jeep Wrangler. It's like he's got a Subaru. Okay, so we now can start playing the game proper. So uh, we start the game by jumping into the first memory in the timeline. Hey Sam, guess what? Hell yeah! <laughs> so the player whose memory this is describes to the other players what is going on in their memory. Unfortunately, they. Uh, cannot directly interact with their memories. Instead, their job is to answer the other player's questions about the memory. Whenever another player wants to know a detail, a fact, or the significance of anything in the scene, they ask the leading player a question, and that player will then answer. Don't need to know everything. Whatever the first answer that comes to your mind is, do it. And depending on whether you know how this event started or ended, and that's why it might be useful to put 
on our timeline if it was a starting event or an ending event. I understand um, what starting event and ending event mean now. Yeah. Um, it changes how you point. react to it. Um, and if you know how it started, you declare how you think it will end. And if you know how it ends, you describe one theory about how the event could have started and how you are going to put a stop to it. And Got then we're going to, when uh, the, that is then determined by a role uh, to see how successful or not you are at resolving a thing. And this is when we can start adding anomalies to the timeline if you roll poorly. So, because we're now, the notion is that we're a collective of wizards who are trying to fix the timeline or we're trying mm -hmm. to prevent the machine uprising. Um, regardless of whether you are putting forward a theory or determining how something ends, um, you describe in detail what you're doing. If you are using mundane means, you just roll a single dice, but you can choose to use magic and bend reality. Um, if you're doing that, you choose an adjective that fits what the spell does and describe its effect, and then your roll gets plus one. Um, what's fun about this mechanic is you can, we always need to keep track of what adjectives have been used because you can only use an adjective once. And if you want to, if you try to get around this and use a synonym, you create another anomaly. So fascinating. All right. Whenever the leading player answers a question, any player can spend an anomaly to change the answer to something different and complicate the scene. Try to of use course. anomalies when you have a fun idea for how to twist things. The group starts with one anomaly and will continue to generate more as they move from memory to memory. Keep track of how many anomalies were created during each of your memories. They'll be important during the resolution. Fine. So everybody underneath their memories, maybe that can be where you keep track of any anomalies that get generated during it. Um, as, nice. And I'll just start a little thing here for just collecting the anomalies. So we can also just see how many are there. Okay. But and then the, the anomalies, anomalies that happen in your memory are your, remember to keep track of them. Okay. Mm. But they're, they're like currency then that we use to complicate yes. things. But we Which have... <laughs> One. Okay. This is an extremely funny right. statement to, to be especially. Just like, we use this to make things more difficult. It's a, it's a fun tool. It's a price tool that won't help us later. So this first memory and the event it's tied to is the Lastra. So here we go. It's August, and I just wanted to thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed us, please consider leaving a rating on your podcast platform of choice, telling your friends about us, or tweeting about us using the FTLcast hashtag. We are also part of a nonprofit podcasting guild called Standing Stones Productions. We do a variety of shows, including The Room Where It Happened and Dumb Kids Playing Hero, two actual play shows, and a Steven Universe discussion podcast called Gay Space Rocks. We also do live streams at twitch.tv slash standingstonesprod. You can keep up with everything that we do on Twitter at stones underscore standing. Unfortunately, Standing Stones was already taken. Your support means a lot. Thanks again!